Good morning, New Hope Church. How are we doing today? We doing all right? Good to see everybody this morning. You can see y'all commenting on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for joining us, as always, for our TNT devotional. Great seeing y'all this morning. Awesome sunrise. I don't know if y'all had a chance to uh, go check it out, but it is an awesome, awesome sunrise. Uh, well, guys, my name is Pastor Carl. Uh, I'm the lead student pastor at New Hope Church. It's an honor to get to chat with you today. Um, anything you need prayer for? If you got anything you need prayer for, um, anything going on, would you just love for you to comment below? Um, also, let's be praying for uh, Louisiana. I don't know if y'all saw, but they're getting another hurricane, Hurricane Delta, because we've run out of names. So we're going to, I guess, Greek words and names now. Uh, crazy times. So let's be praying for them because I think it's going to hit them tomorrow afternoon. And Man, they already got hit once. And I was actually recently in Lake Charles earlier in August after they got hit with Laura. Laura? Yeah, Laura. It was pretty bad. So last thing they need is another hurricane. So let's be praying for them um, as, as they're getting ready for all that kind of stuff. Um, something I really enjoyed, though, uh, over the past months of being part of our TNT devotional is like the consistency I see from so many of you. Um, we've built a community of us who log in and comment together each week, and I love it. Um, only the Lord, in his infinite, infinite wisdom, uh, knew how this situation that we were going to be in would be used for his glory. Only the Lord. And we've had a lot of negatives. We've had um, some things we've had to adjust to. But, man, the goodness of the Lord is real. Our Lord is on the throne. He's always in control. And nothing ever takes him by surprise. And so I needed that reminder recently. Is he is always in control. Um, uh, but today what I want to do is I want to dive into a topic uh, that I've been recently spending a lot of time uh, in the Old Testament and kind of slowly working my way through... Um, kind of through Genesis and looking at kind of like key characters in scripture and how they live their lives and just learning from them and you know Abraham and Noah and Moses and, and Joseph and Jacob and kind of just looking at these different lives and recently I uh, finished reading through the life of Joshua and so uh, I wanted to spend some time this morning showing you kind of what the Lord has been teaching me through the life of Joshua and so if you haven't already I would love for you to grab your Bible uh, and flip over to Joshua. It's in the Old Testament. I'll give you a second. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 1. So I got my Bible with me. So I'll flip open with you. <clears throat> I know you're on your phone maybe, which is normally the phone that you'd be looking at your Bible. So, But you can't get off the Devo to then use your Bible. So you gotta got to multitask here. Uh, but Joshua chapter 1. Uh, we're going to start there, and then we're going to jump to another scripture, and then come back to Joshua 1. So that's kind of how we're going to want it. But uh, I'm going to read Joshua 1, verse 7 through 9, uh, and then we'll, we'll chat about it a bit. Okay, so Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 through 9 says this, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So these are three verses I want to kind of focus on today. There's a command uh, and there's a promise that, jo that the Lord gives to Joshua. 
And Joshua was about to take God's chosen people, the Israelites, into the promised land. So the land that the Lord promised to uh, God's people, he's about to lead them into him in Joshua chapter 1. And the cool thing is, is as credible as these verses are, uh, what I want to do is go back in time a little bit and read how God was preparing Joshua to lead his people and see the process that God took Joshua through before he led uh, his people. Then we can circle back to Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 through 9 and kind of break them down, okay? Because I think sometimes we can um, single out a verse a little too much. And though, you know, um, it's good to have... Scripture and to quote verses, sometimes understanding the context at which it was written is key uh, to really understand the full power of the Scripture. So let me give you a little background, okay? So uh, on Joshua, this is right after Moses brought the Israelites up out of Egypt, right, where they were enslaved and the plagues came and they went through the Red Sea and he parted the Red Sea and the Israelites walked through the Red Sea and then right after the Israelites walked through, the Egyptians were chasing them and, and then the water fell back down and they were free uh, from their time in Egypt and they began to head towards the Promised Land. And this is where we begin uh, to see Joshua mentioned in Scripture. Now, I don't have time uh, this morning to read through all of the times that Joshua is mentioned before the book of Joshua, but a quick Google search and you can see the other scripture Joshua is mentioned in. And what I love about it is that you will see this progression that Joshua went through, right? It wasn't just he came onto the scene, was leading God's people. There was a progression the Lord was taking Joshua through uh, to prepare him to be the man he wanted him to be in the future. Um, so I want to pick one story from Joshua's past. We're going to go uh, to the book of Numbers, okay? So if you're in Joshua. Right next to Joshua will be Deuteronomy. Uh, and then right before that, you'll have the book of Numbers. You, you may have never spent a lot of time in the book of Numbers. Um, I understand uh, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, can sometimes be a little hard to understand, right? Um, but there is some awesome truths in these books. And so if you want to flip with Numbers chapter 13, okay? So if you want to go to Numbers chapter 13 with me. So you're in Joshua, there's Deuteronomy, and then right before Deuteronomy is Numbers. So Numbers chapter 13 uh, is where I want to read something from you, uh, to you uh, about the life of Joshua. So um, this is, again, right after Moses had taken uh, the people through uh, the Red Sea out of Egypt, and they're now heading towards the Promised Land, and they get a group, the Lord tells them to, uh, send a group to inspect the land. Okay, so that's where we're going to pick it up in Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I have given to the Israelites. From my ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. Okay, so so there's going to be all the tribes of Israel. All right, so we're gonna they're going to take these group of people and go send them off to go check out the land. Okay. And so then we see in verse 3, So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them from the desert of Paran. All them were the leaders of the Israelites. These are their names. Okay, and so then you see verse 5 through 15, all the different people from all the different tribes. And there's two names that I want to stand out to you. If you have your Bible, you can circle them. It's in verse 6 uh, from the tribe of Judah, Caleb, and also verse 8 from the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, which is Joshua. His name gets changed to Joshua. So this is one of the first times we see Joshua referenced is when he is chosen to go into and check out the, um, the promised land. 
Now, so they go off to inspect the land, and then we can kind of get their report back later on in chapter 13, verses 26 through 29. So if you jump down, so they go off, check out the land, and then in verse 26, uh, we see my header, actually, in my NIV Bible is the report of the exploration. So you get word of kind of what they thought. So it says this in verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron, which is Moses' brother, and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Param. They, there they reported to them that the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. So real positive, right? Um, it is as good as the Lord has said it is. It's going to be awesome. Here's the fruit. Um, this is what the Lord is giving to us. We're excited about it. Then verse 28. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw some descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in Nigva, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. Right, so they started off saying everything was going great, and then they say, but the people that live there now are strong, and we are weak, and I don't think we can do it. So basically what happened is everyone except two said we shouldn't go into the land, that it was too dangerous, it's too hard, it's not worth it, can't happen. The only two that disagreed, can you name the people? I gave them to you a little earlier. Caleb and Joshua. Okay, so this gets reported in chapter 13, and then we can read on in chapter 14 kind of their response. Okay, so Numbers chapter 14, starting in verse 1, it says this. That night, so the night that they got this report, all the members of the community, the community of Israel, raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why, 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 why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better, check this out, wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. So everyone started to complain to God, right? Saying that they never should have left the slavery that they were also asking God to free them from. Ironic, isn't it? How dare God put us into such a position? And can't you feel the pressure, or the temptation at least, for Moses, Joshua, and Caleb to agree with them? Right? Everyone is going one direction, right? All of culture of Israel is going one direction. And you feel left out, right? They felt isolated, they felt alone. You ever felt this before? Right? Maybe it's at your job when you're tempted uh, to follow everyone else or talk a certain way or view things you know are ungodly. On social media, you're tempted to fire back at somebody uh, because they just deserve it, uh, even though you know it's not Christ-like. Uh, the temptation to just get anger, uh, angry at your children and yell at them, even though you know the Lord tells us to not respond in anger. Um, it's exactly where Joshua was. So how would he respond, right? He, he stood up for what he believed in. He said, this is what we should do. And then everyone else goes against him. Well, we can see his response here in Numbers chapter 14. So the same part, uh, just a little later in verse 6. Verse 6 through 9, it says this. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, who were among those who explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey. 
and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. The protection is gone. I love this. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. So in this moment, I feel like the Lord is teaching Joshua a valuable lesson. As a follower of the Lord and as a leader, you must be willing to stand for what is right. Stand for the ways of the Lord. Even when it's hard, we are called to believers to lead the way. Right? So they stand up. Caleb and Joshua say, no, this is the standard. This is what we should be doing. How do these guys respond? Mass repentance. Everyone agrees. Everyone says, you know what? You are right. Uh, not exactly. Let me show you verse 10. So again, he just, they just stand up for what is right. Tell them the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid in verse 9. And then in verse 10, we read this. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. So they stand up for what is right. They do the right thing. And now they're fearing their life. But here's the thing. Even with hostility, Joshua was willing to do the right thing to follow the Lord, no matter what the cost. And then we read the response, uh, the Lord's response later in chapter 14 in verse 29 through 30. So if you're in chapter 14, we just read verse 10. If you jump over to 29 through 30, we kind of see the Lord's response um, to the Israelites. So this is the Lord speaking to the Israelites in verse 29. It says, In this wilderness your bodies will fall, every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me. Not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb and Joshua. So he said, the Lord says, because uh, you didn't have faith, everyone who grumbled against me, except for Caleb and Joshua, will not enter the land. So for 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness until all of that Israelites who grumbled against the Lord had passed away. However, because of the faith of Joshua and Caleb, they lived through this time to then lead the next generation of Israelites into the promised land. So from Numbers chapter 14, right, where we just read, to Joshua 1, if you want to do something with me, uh, I like doing this personally when I kind of try to think of time. Um, if you want to jump over to Joshua chapter 1 in your Bible, okay, so this span, let's see if you can see this, yeah, there we go, this span of time right here, this is 40 years, 40 years from Numbers 1, or Numbers 14 to Joshua chapter 1. It's 40 years. And man, this hit me. For 40 years, Joshua waited patiently. All throughout Scripture, we see men and women of God waiting patiently on the Lord. And oh man, how we don't like waiting in culture, right? I can give you countless examples of why we don't like waiting. But man, let me tell you, waiting is such a biblical discipline we see in Scripture. The thing, though, about these times of waiting that we see in Scripture is their faith wasn't stagnant. So it wasn't just, all right, well, I'm just going to wait for God to show back up in my life 40 years later, and then I'm going to start deepening my relationship with the Lord again. No. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's not how it was. It was a constant thing that they were going to go and deepen their faith on a daily basis. And what I would do is I would encourage you, uh, if you have time today, um, go and search scriptures for Joshua because you'll see from this point all the way through Joshua different moments in time that the Lord was prepping him, was molding him over the next 40 years to be the man that the Lord needed him to be to lead his people in Joshua chapter 1. 
See, sometimes I think we want to jump to Joshua chapter 1. We want to be whatever that position is. We want to be in whatever status, or we want to have this role or leadership. And really, though, the Lord in his grace has kept us from that because he knows there's something that we need to work on here. And so uh, my question for you today is this. What is the Lord trying to work on in you right now so that you can be the man or woman he needs you to be in the future? What is the Lord trying to work on in you right now so that you can be the man or woman of God he needs you to be in the future? Are you okay with the molding and the waiting process? Um, It's painful. It's hard. And it's really, really tempting at times to try to speed up God's timeline. But as Scripture says in Psalm 40, I waited patiently upon the Lord, and he inclined and heard my cry. Waiting on the Lord. So, from Numbers 14, right, 40 years, right, of molding and pruning and shaping and and Joshua faithfully following Moses as his leader, we can now then pick up again uh, in Joshua chapter 1. Okay, so now, if you're in Numbers with me, let's jump back over to Joshua chapter 1. So again, this has been 40 years since we just read about Joshua. And Moses had just died. And and the Lord tells Joshua, it's time to lead these people into the promised land. You kind of read that at the end of the book of Deuteronomy. You kind of see Moses' charge um, to the Israelites and to Joshua. And then you read it again at the beginning of the book of Joshua. So the time of preparation and waiting was over. All that he had learned, it was time to put it into practice. And that's, again, where we pick up uh, Joshua 1, 7 through 9, where the Lord spoke his truth and his commands. So what I want to do here is I now want to reread that section of Scripture and then kind of break it down. But we can read it now in a little bit more context of knowing that Joshua had been waiting 40 years. He'd been, he's been uh, faithfully serving the Lord for over 40 years. He's been a man that learned what it means to stand up for what is right, do the will of God, and do the hard thing. The Lord then tells him this, starting verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's kind of funny. I don't know if you can see my Bible. Um, Eliza, my daughter, got my pen. She agreed with Scripture. You know, she was just showing me. I love it. Um, I don't know where I was. Oh, I just read the Scripture. Every time I see these little pen marks, I think of her. It's awesome. So he gave not only a command, but he also gave a uh, kind of a way to live out the command. So what I want to do here is, as we wrap up today, is just kind of break down these three scriptures for you. These are scriptures I've personally memorized as battle scriptures in my life, and because uh, I think there's so much truth uh, in these three scriptures here. So verse 7, Be strong and courageous, be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from them to the right or to the left, so you may be successful wherever you go. Okay, so what I love about this one is the command is given, right? That's the first time we hear the command, be strong and courageous. But he doesn't just say, just go be strong and courageous. He gives you the way, and he gives Joshua the way on how to do that, and it's by obeying what Moses had laid before him. So it's not only uh, having a reverence for Scripture, but it's also respecting and honoring the leader that has come before him. 
right? So there's kind of a twofold there. And so it's honoring what Moses had set before Joshua. And for us, we're called to live out Scripture in our lives. People should be able to tell your beliefs that you're a follower of Jesus, not only by your words, but by your actions. Uh, Verse 8. So then if you jump down to verse 8 here, it says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. I said you be careful to do everything written in it, and then you'll be prosperous and successful. So how do we become strong and courageous? You just grit your teeth and just do it out of your own strength, right? Like, I'm just going to be strong, I'm going to be courageous, I'm going to do it. No. It says to keep the word of the Lord near, right? Always on your lips. It implies that there's this constant speaking and memorizing and meditating, right? This idea of meditating on it day and night. So it's uh, I'm not just spending time in this book uh, and then setting it aside for the rest of my day. No, it's I may have a designated time in the Lord, right? And, and Pastor Tim talked about this past weekend, right? Maybe it's in the morning where you do these TNT devotionals and then you have some other time where you have spend de- uh, designated time like I am here with the Lord. But that doesn't mean we just set it aside for the rest of the day, right? We're then called to be thinking on it and meditating on it and how can I live out the scripture I just read, right? And all right, I'm about to go into work. How, man, I just read this in the Gospels. How can I live that out today? Or I just read this in Joshua. I heard this on the TNT devotional. And man, how can I live that out today? And constantly challenging ourselves to be more like Jesus. Sanctification. That's what the big fancy word of that is. So it's meditating on his word. Let the word of the Lord guide you. The word of God guide you and spend time in his word, man. I want to encourage you. Um, there's nothing more powerful than spending time in the Word of God. Uh, I, I kind of love the line that Pastor Tim used this past weekend. He said, spending time with God doesn't make us a perfect person, but it makes us a better person. And that is so true. I am a better man uh, when I spend time with God. I'm a better husband, I'm a better father, I'm a better pastor, I'm a better leader, I'm a better follower when I spend time in, 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 in His Word. Uh, and then the last one, right? The one that is probably the most famous scripture in all of the book of Joshua. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So it kind of summarizes it all, right? Again, the Lord reminds him of the command. Be strong and courageous. Do the hard things. Live a life of purity. Stand up for what is right, even when others don't, right? And he's reminding, almost bringing back all of the things he had taught Joshua over the past 40 years, right? Be the man I've called you to be. And then he leaves with this incredible promise. And it's a promise I want to give you today as we wrap up. Be strong and courageous. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And it's very fitting because if you've been following along with us on uh, Sundays... Pastor Tim, uh, our, our series is all about how the Lord is with us, how the Holy Spirit is such a gift to us because the Lord is with us and the power that is in that statement. And so wherever you go, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Lord is with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we can be strong and courageous, that we can live a life of purity, that we can be patient in the waiting, that we can... Uh, lead even when it's hard or even when society feels to be going a different direction we can be the men and women we're called to be because of what jesus has done for us um so that's all i got for us today y'all i pray that this was encouraging for you as it was for me and um 
Yeah, if you, if you have time today, I would encourage you to go and Google search and find the other scriptures from Numbers chapter 13 forward, and you're going to see some incredible stories and the ways the Lord was molding. And it's not just Joshua. I've, I've seen you know, such a trend with all of these characters in, in scripture. Um, is their willingness to be patient and serve the Lord? And uh, when we are faithful in serving the Lord, uh, He can do incredible things. So I uh, love getting to spend time with you all this morning. I'm praying for blessings over you today and that the Lord will be with you. And uh, love to see you all online at 945 or in person this Sunday at all four of our campuses. Love for you to join us. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for today. God, thank you for the blessing um, of Scripture. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you care about us, that you love us. God, thank you for the incredible truth of the gospel that you sent your one and only son to die on the cross for our sins so that we can have life and life to the fullest. Lord, I pray for the men and women watching. God, would you strengthen them? Help them fall in love with your word, Lord, so that we can be strong and courageous. Lord, let us learn from uh, past people in scripture on how to be men and women of God. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Well, God bless everybody, and we will see you this weekend. See y'all.